make sure you have your emergency fund in place. We always say three to six months of cash sitting in the bank. But at this point in time, it's okay to add to that number because you need to buy yourself a couple months of unemployment potentially. When you're doing this, you wanna look at your job, right? Some jobs are more cyclical in nature than other jobs, meaning when the economy goes down, they might lose their job. So you have to look at that and be realistic and say, my job's pretty secure. I feel like the chances of me getting laid off are not that great. Or you have to say, the chances of me getting laid off is pretty high. And if you're in that camp, start to add to your cash reserves. Instead of having six months, take it up a couple months. Make sure you get, maybe try to get to seven or eight months right now. It's not a bad idea to increase that cushion in this sort of environment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Free Retiree Show podcast, episode 136. How to deal with dun recessions. <laughs> I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside my pal, Sergio Patterson. What is up? So from our last episode that we did, we talked about the current state of the economy, talked about the state of the stock market, the real estate market, the challenges that we are facing, particularly in regards to inflation and how and when things would get better. Um, But we're not there yet. So we're still in the shit show that we call the economy. And today we came up with some tips on how to deal with recessions. So, Serge, when you think of a recession, what comes to your mind and what fears do you have? I think like fears, I have everyone just losing their house, being upside down on their mortgages, people getting laid off, just all those bad things. But it's always not that, right? I think what I'm learning is that we could all just be doing okay. I'm doing fine right now. And I think technically we're in a recession. But I think when I hear that word, it's like the worst. Like everyone has, no one has a job. Everyone's out of their house. But it's not always like that, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. So as Serge said, technically we are in a recession because we've had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, but not, as we talked about in our last podcast, not everybody has the same definition. So some organizations look for a massive job loss, massive cuts in corporate earnings. We haven't had that. So technically, yes, we're in one, but we are not there all the way. We're not feeling those feelings of being on the sidewalk with cup in hand and trying to get warm by the fire, whatever comes to your mind when you think of recession. But today we're going to talk about some things that you can do, right? Some things that you can do in this weird, uncertain environment that can help you. But you know, We've been in this for a while. Since the beginning of the year, the the economic environment has seemed to have a steady decline all the way down to at least June. We've had a little bit of life since then, but this last part of September, we've been getting more inflation data coming in, and that's not good for the current state that we're in. So, But just keep in mind, recessions, they happen. All right. So I want to make one point today that recessions are normal. And they happen and they're supposed to happen, right? So a lot of us, when we think of recessions, they're like, something's wrong and every this could we could never recover from this. No, recessions are normal and they're supposed to happen, right? In fact, they're supposed to happen every five to seven years. We've gone a long time without one. And so now that we have one, it feels this is the twilight zone, but yeah. that's not the reality. So a stat we dropped in the last podcast from 1945, to 2009, the average recession lasted 11 months. 
So you got to look at that as, oh my gosh, this is such a long time. Yeah, a lot of you guys are looking at it like that's very quick. But yeah, that's how I look <laughs> at it. That's relatively quick. Yeah. And when you consider the fact that we already have two quarters of negative GDP, we could very well be through the halfway point in this game. So yeah. there's a lot to be optimistic about right now. So let's start with the first tip that you can do if you're looking to feel more secure in this environment. So tip number one, increase your cash. As you guys know that have listened to this podcast before, I'm not a big fan of holding a lot of money in cash. I think that is devastating. And it's a big mistake that we see a lot of people make that holds them back. But in these situations, cash feels pretty good. But you have to keep in perspective. If you've held on to a lot of cash over this last decade and a majority of your money was in cash, you've probably eroded a ton of your wealth just based off inflation. But yep. during the bad times, cash can be good. Cash can help you. It can help solve that uncertainty. So right now, with the economy in decline, we're getting to a point where we're going to see more unemployment, more companies closing shop. And when that happens, you need an ample emergency fund to handle that unfortunate event. Serge, what are you seeing on the streets in terms of Silicon Valley and how the job market's looking right now? We might touch on this in a later episode, but I think we need to be cautious. I'm seeing a lot of big companies doing quiet layoffs. You might not see them on the news. It might only be 30, 40, 20 smaller teams, but I'm seeing it happening at big companies and at startups. Some startups are just laying off 30% of their people. So that to me is a red flag. Yeah. It's scary a little bit. So cash, make sure you have your emergency fund in place. We always say three to six months of cash sitting in the bank, but at this point in time, it's okay to add to that number because you need to buy yourself a couple months of unemployment potentially. So look at and when you're doing this, you want to look at your job, right? Some jobs are more cyclical in nature than other jobs, meaning when the economy goes down, they might lose their job. So you have to look at that and be realistic and say, my job's pretty secure. I feel like the chances of me getting laid off are not that great. Or you have to say, the chances of me getting laid off is pretty high. And if you're in that camp, start to add to your cash reserves instead of having six months take it up a couple months. Make sure you get may try to get to seven or eight months right now. It's not a bad idea to increase that cushion in this sort of environment. Where do you think this like influx of money would come from? Is this like they're taking from a stock or something? Are you saying to at, tell them to save more? To save a little bit more. So the only way Got that's going to happen is not going out to eat, cutting the vacations, all the stuff that we generally do a little bit here and there. Yeah, You're going to have to change. So it could be We've talked about this before about ways that you can save money, just saving a few hundred bucks every month, not going out to eat as much, taking the vacations away, maybe changing cable or cell phone provider. Every little bit helps. Food you, is huge, man, especially with inflation. Going out to eat is expensive. Like, yeah. yeah. We can't get away with not spending a hundred bucks. We yeah. got a basic restaurant. Yeah, you know, groceries are expensive, but like a change is where you shop at. We talked about in past episodes, the shopping at Whole Foods and how that ruins you financially uh, or even Safeway. I'm all about that grocery outlet life, man. Every time I leave grocery outlet, I feel like a freaking winner. I'm like, that's yes. why you didn't pass your, 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 past your physical. <laughs> and just watch the fruit, watch the meats. If the meat looks a little gray, throw it on the pan a little bit longer, but hey, 
ultimately I'm saving every time I go there. So I'm a big fan of a place like that. Just changing your lifestyle a little bit to save up a little bit every month and tucking it away, that goes a long way. Because think about it like this. You're just trying to buy a couple weeks, an extra month of the disaster happening. You, imagine you have three to six months in the bank and you blow through that emergency fund and maybe it's going to take you a month longer to get that job or to get mm -hmm. some income going. So you're just trying to buy a short amount of time. So every bit, little bit counts when it comes to savings. Tip number two, this is kind of related to what we just talked about. Reevaluate your budget. Now, everyone should do that on a regular basis every year. You should look at your budget and see how it's changed, change the numbers of what you can spend. But right now, in this last year and a half or so, you can't afford to not look at your budget almost every month because the cost of everything you're spending money on is just going up substantially, it seems like month after month. So you have to look at what your grocery budget was. You have to look at your entertainment budget, your travel those numbers could be significantly different than they were two years ago. So, Serge, I mean, how's yeah. that? How's that travel budget going? I know you you keep fighting me on that travel budget. How's it? How's it going? I need to hear. I agree with all the other stuff. I think traveling is there's ROI in that. I'm not with you. I still think people really? should Tell travel. Me how? how the mental? The men oh, this mental well being, mental the ROI, the well being, <laughs> the well being. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think uh, right now we need to be cautious. We were going to do something tonight and we decided against it somewhat financially, but more of the kids have just been acting up and we don't want to reward them, but that's going to save us probably 300 So you're, you're using the kids in that outlet. You're like, <laughs> yeah. you little shits, it's your fault that we're not going out. And then you, yes. and then when you guys leave their bedroom, you and Kim are high-fiving each other. Yeah. Yes, exactly. hundred <laughs> um, percent. I think there's opportunities. Everyone always says, oh, I can't save. I can't save. But to, there's so many opportunities to save yeah. like we don't need to go buy it and it's not the starbucks five bucks it's the groceries are like 300 bucks did you need all that the designer clothes the going out to eat and the vacations maybe you can pause right now until things get a little bit better serge you and i we do a class for college kids coming out of school and in terms of how to accelerate their career and grow their wealth and recently we did a an event where most of the feedback was really positive. And then there was one comment in there that's, oh, well, I don't feel like this is realistic yeah, and I'm poor or something. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't apply to me because I can't save 20%. And I get that. I get that it's tough, especially when you don't have the income. But when I heard that, I was like, man, I really do got to show them like those little changes make a significant difference over time. And so what I did, I took the average spending for college kids nationally or under the age of 25 and looked at the average spending. And when I went through there, I was able to save over $300 in terms of where they could cut and still have money to go out and live their life and do vacations. And, and that was, was based that was just, off like a, salary, a certain salary or? That was just based off of what their current spending was, okay. what the average okay. spending was. But there was a lot when we when I looked at the numbers of what college kids were spending or under age 25. They did spend a lot on travel. They did spend a lot on entertainment. And there was even like a decent percentage on alcohol. Like I get it. Things are tight, but you still can't give yourself an excuse to not try. Because yeah. if you really look into the numbers, there's little things that you can do. And yes, it's not going to happen overnight, but 
month by month, you can make this positive change that yeah. is significant. To your point, it's if someone ta- like literally tactically looks at what they're spending, like when we do that, when Kimberly and I do it, I'm like, oh shit, we spent $500 on going out this month. Yeah. Did we need to eat at Westside Grill 17 times or whatever it was? Yeah. So, now I'm not saying that's for everyone, but I think if everyone goes and actually looks at what they spend, they'll be surprised. Yes. What, what they can cut. Yeah. And like I said, when I went through the numbers, I was like, this is over $300 that the average kid. And I'm not saying that they can't live their life. They need to stop all entertainment, all eating out. But yeah, it came to the answer came to be like, okay, well, instead of going, it looks like the average kid or 25 year old and under is going out about four times a month for entertainment. Maybe they drop that down to one time. No one wants to only go out once a month, but that's kind of the reality you're in at that point of your life, like you kind of have to make those sort of sacrifices or instead of taking a trip every three months, you're taking a trip maybe once every six months and it's not international or you're waiting a whole year to do yeah. an international trip. So those are the sort of changes, but these are it's tips possible. not forever. It's how do we yeah. deal with this current environment? These are tips to deal with the current environment. But my point is that even if you feel like you don't have a ton of money, you can still hunker down. All right. Yeah. And I'll go into the details on that on a future episode of like how people can cost cut and save a couple extra money when they feel like things are tight. I feel like sometimes when we do like these events and we talk about money, people are like, ah, oh, these people are only, about only for rich people. They hate the yeah, poor. No, it's, well, th- maybe they can't do as much, but like yeah. they can still look at their budget and find maybe, like you said, go out to eat may- maybe like once a month or twice a month. Like for us, we want to make it where it's more like meaningful like right now we we, like the kids just we just take them out and it's not a big deal but if we cut back on that maybe once a month then it becomes more meaningful and that also saves us money yeah absolutely but yeah the changes that you can make by just saving a few hundred dollars it's game changing if you can do it consistently so tip number three reduce bad debt this is the time when bad debt gets out of control so people that have been racking up money on credit cards owe people money and then you couple that with the slowdown in the economy, it's devastating. So mm. right now, things haven't got that bad. Hopefully, knock on wood, they don't get worse. But this is when you want to handle those bad debts, those credit card bills, that Sears bill. Sears still around? I don't know. Maybe it was a bad analogy. I think of an old client that had a bunch of Sears debt. But you know, those Victoria's Secret bill. The random credit cards, right? All those random credit cards. You want to get rid of those right now. You want to get those things to zero because... This is the time when people lose income, lose jobs, and then that debt just gets out of control. So reduce your bad debt. What do you say about if someone loses a job and you leveraging what I feel like a lot of people leverage credit cards when they're out out of work could be something that comes up. I'm just thinking as when you're in those spots. I mean, you got to be in my mind, you got to be in a super desperate place. Okay. And you got you have had to exhausted all avenues of making and working for money. Yeah. So I think a lot of times, you know, people will use that as an excuse. Well, I'm out of work. I just went to my credit cards. I get it. But did you exhaust every avenue before you just start piling everything up on credit cards? Did you actually try to pick up other jobs? So a lot of times what we see in this economy, in this present day and age, people will not have a job. And then they just don't work and they put stuff on credit cards. But one blessing about the current state of the economy that we've that we're in, this gig economy, there's all these side hustles you can do to keep bringing in money. I mean, you got people 
working on working for Instacart and Rover and Uber, and they're all yep. making decent amount of money. Now, what I commonly see is people say, well, I'm not going to do that because I, whatever, I used to be in tech and I'm not going to drive anyone around. I'm not going to go grab anyone's damn groceries, F them. So I'm going to use my credit card. That's the common, that is the common thing that happens. I mean, do you disagree with that? I know some people who are, have been out of work and I'm always wondering what are they doing for work? There's jobs out there. We're just above those jobs. Exactly. And that is the common. <laughs> so I'm all for like, Hey, you got you, your body hurts. You have some sickness. I have all the sympathy in the world for you. And I know that unfortunate things happen to really good people. And I don't want to act like I'm insensitive that I have all the sympathy in the world for that. But the truth yeah, is you're going to get canceled. Lee. We need to also be realistic when we're not doing everything possible before turning to that easy solution of credit cards. And that is what I see time and time again. I have had clients lose jobs and they're like, oh yeah, we're putting money here. We're taking loans from this and we're just waiting for that job. And it's like, okay, it's been a long time now. You've spent months being unemployed and you could have got a job working for one of these companies like an Uber or Lyft or Rover, TaskRabbit. There's so many. Yeah, there's, there's so many out there. But like you said, like a lot of us feel like we're above that. So that's where I think the mistake is. I was saying I wouldn't. I think if I was, I would. Oh, you're definitely yeah, too good tough. for that. You're definitely too good. You. But that's what I'm saying. I, I would feel the same way. Like I, I'm not saying I wouldn't. It would be tough if I lost my job tomorrow. No, I am Sergio <laughs> Valentino Patterson. I'm not gonna drive you around. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> Would I do it? Maybe I can make some money. There's even apps, dude. You can rent out your car. There's so many ways to make money. I could rent out one of my cars on Turo. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways. There's a lot. And you got to be creative, right? So in those situations, be creative. Think of how you're going to make it before you turn to the credit cards. Uh, also, you don't bite off more than you can chew in terms of a loan. I'm all about people trying to buy primary residence, getting their first homes. But make sure the numbers work, right? Don't overextend yourself in the, at this point in time. So we said on like past podcasts, when you're looking at your total income and your total debt, making sure it doesn't exceed 36% of your income. That is important, right? Yes, you want to get into that home. Uh, you feel like it's time, but make sure the numbers work. So I think that's important. So not just reducing the bad debt. I look at home loans and real estate loans as that's more on the good debt side, but you have to know how to use it appropriately. Tip number four. So this is an option for some folks. This is not financial advice, but you can consult with your advisor, your tax advisor, and look at things like a Roth conversion. So if you have money that's outside of your employer retirement account, you can look at converting some of that money that was in an old 401k or a retirement account and converting it into a Roth. You're going to have to pay taxes on it during that time. But the benefit is once you convert it from this old employer plan to this Roth, all the money grows tax-free, which is extremely powerful because you think about where we are at right now as a society and we have, I mean, over probably 30 trillion in debt. It's massive. I'm not even keeping track of the numbers anymore, but it's massive. The only way that our government- What's our credit buy, score? What, what do you think our credit score is as a country? Oh, I, I don't know how to calculate. I'm just like, kidding. It's just we're like, like, whatever. How we, we try to tell everyday people, the government's do better. And I'm like, government's shit credit score for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But uh, that's something that you can think about and take a look at because the valuations on the assets within your retirement accounts are down. 
So thus you would pay less theoretically in the overall tax bill. This is not a financial advice for everybody, but this is something that you can look at. And we look at where we're at in the economy. Taxes are only going to go up. They can't go down. I mean, with all the debt we have, they're going to go up. And so when you look at things like 401ks, 403bs, 457s, all those sort of things, they there is a massive bullseye on their back. So you're saying someone has a little money in a 401k, they can take it out and then put it in a Roth IRA, IRA and that would be it would grow tax free. So money, like if you're at the employer and you're currently still there, you can't do that. But if you've left, more than likely, most situations would allow you to start converting that money. And this, and when assets are down, that's going to lower the tax bill on the initial conversion. It's a good time to look at that. Tip number five, this is something that you can look at with your tax professional or financial professional, tax loss harvesting. So that's basically when you sell an asset that is been underperforming, you sell it at a loss and you can use the tax credit to basically reduce your income. You got to talk with your CPA, your accountant, see what they say about it. But if you have some losers in your portfolio that you bought them and they're worth less than you bought them for, that is something that you need to talk with a tax professional and say like, all right, does it make sense to sell this and then get this tax benefit and then just move forward. So it's also a good time to look at that. Get rid of some of the things that haven't been doing well, get that tax benefit, and then maybe invest money in things that you think are going to do well. Great opportunity in terms of that. Tip, tip number six, buy high quality assets. So theoretically, you've saved, you have additional money, and now you have some extra money and you're going to buy stocks. Real estate's a this, good thing. This as is well. still in this environment. Are we saying these are tips to get through the the recession? Yes. You think people yes. should be buying? Yeah. If they have done these other parts that we're talking about, get rid of the debt, they have the extra cash, and they feel good. They're like, I still I feel good where I'm at. This is a wonderful time. This is the time to invest and put money in. Doesn't feel like that because every time you turn on the news, everyone's telling you that the world is going to implode and we are going to lose all our money. So, but you have to think beyond that. This is the time when people make money. This is how people build their wealth. It's during these bad times. That's the reality. These tips are for like, we're assuming you're not laid off. You have, you still have your income coming in. Yep. That's how you should manage this environment. Yep. So this okay. is, you've managed to keep your job. You have ample cash. Your money's still good. And you're thinking like, what can I do in this bad yeah. environment? I'm yeah. looking at all my real, my, the, my house values going down. My stock values are going down. What can I do to make the best of this crap environment? You got to okay. buy assets. That's how you make the best of this. Cause this will pass. And then you're going to look back on it on this time. And I'm telling you, you're going to be like, damn, I wish I bought XYZ. I wish I had pulled the trigger on ABC. That's what you're going to say. That's what you're going to say when you look back on this situation in two, three years from now. It's going to happen. Uh, I so, thought you said, I wish we bought AMC. I was like, I no, I do not endorse your shoddy <laughs> investment ideas, Sergio Patterson. Your, what do they call it? Your mental. It's at $9. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Your mental jujitsu that you do. The it's a tip number seven, and I stole this from Sergio's uh, his five C's. Stay calm, stay calm. I stole that one from you, buddy. But I think that's a good one, not just for interviewing, yeah, yeah. but 
uh, in this time and environment, you have to stay calm, but not just stay calm. I'm going to add one additional thing. I think that's really important. Stay calm and take action. Great quote by Mr. Warren Buffett, the great Warren, what I call him, Mr. Warren Buffet. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. And that is a quote that I think that everyone that's an investor needs to think about every single day because we tend to forget that. We tend to forget that because it's easy to forget when the news sells fear and they sell negativity. You're being sold that every single day when you look at your phone, the negative headlines. So it's good to keep that positivity and, and be realistic about the situation. And time and time again, I feel like that quote rings true and the best investors have mastered that. I like that. Stay calm and take action. I think that's good. Yeah, stay calm and take action. So- all right, sir. Any last thoughts? I think it's it's good to be aware of what's going on, right? And like how we can not only survive, but potentially thrive in a shitty environment. Yeah. Keep in mind that this is not just the time for you to panic and feel sorry for yourself. This is the time where you can thrive. Like Sergio said, this there's opportunities that are going to happen right now. You just have to buckle down and take advantage, right? That's yes. Some of us will be in pure survival mode, yeah. but if you... But if you plan prior to this and you did a good job of getting that emergency fund in place and, you know, everything's going good with work, you can really make some significant gains during this time. This isn't the time when you're going to take steps back. This is actually when you're taking steps forward. So just think about it like that. And as I'll say, this too shall pass and uh, you'll get through it stronger than you were before. You've been listening to the Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party sourced information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc., The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.